Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to this podcast of the Doctrine and Covenants. Today's episode is going to be section 12. I'm going to go ahead and read the heading first. Revelation given through Joseph Smith the Prophet to Joseph Knight Sr. at Harmony, Pennsylvania, May 1829. Joseph Knight believed the declarations of Joseph Smith concerning his possession of the Book of Mormon plates and the work of translation then in progress, and several times had given material assistance to Joseph Smith and his scribe, which enabled them to continue translating. At Joseph Knight's request, the prophet inquired of the Lord and received the revelation. I want to give a little background about Joseph Knight. Uh, the Knight family is very significant in church history, although we don't hear much about them. Uh, but they provided a great uh, service to Joseph Smith uh, during this part of the Restoration. About the same time, May of 1829, an old gentleman came to visit us, whose name I wish to make honorable mention, Mr. Joseph Knight Sr. of Colesville, Broome County, New York who, having heard of the matter in which we were occupying our time very kindly and considerately, brought us a quantity of provisions in order that we might not be interrupted in the work of translation by the want of such necessities of life. And I would just mention here, as in duty bound, that he that he several times brought us supplies a distance of at least 30 miles, which enabled us to continue the work, when otherwise we must have relinquished it for a season." After the Smiths, uh, the, the Joseph and Polly Knight family may be the second family of the Restoration. The Knights knew Joseph Smith and accepted his claims before Oliver Cowdery, Martin Harris, or David Whitmer knew him. The Knights also stood by Joseph Smith more steadfastly than did the three and the eight witnesses and even some of the Smiths. They became a special type of witness, a family witness, of Joseph Smith's prophetic work. Joseph Smith's friendship with the Knights began when he was 20 years old in late 1826. Joseph Smith became a hired hand for Joseph Knight Sr. and others in the Colesville, New York area, 115 miles southeast of Palmyra by Dirt Road. Young Joseph did farm and and probably helped at the Knights' sawmill. He had experienced the first vision six years before and had been meeting with Moroni for three years. While helping the Knights, he bunked with Joseph Knight Jr., who wrote that in November 1826, Joseph Smith made known to us that he had seen a vision that a personage had appeared to him and told him where there was a a gold book of ancient date buried and that if he would follow the direction of the angel, he could get it. We were told this in secret. Another son, Newell Knight, wrote that Joseph Smith visited them often and that they were very deeply impressed with the truthfulness of his statements concerning the plates of the Book of Mormon, which had been shown him by an angel of the Lord. Joseph Smith was then counting, was then courting Emma Hale, a romance Father Knight assisted. I paid him the money and I furnished him with a horse and cutter or sled to go and see his girl. Joseph and Emma married shortly after that on the 18th of January, 1827, and moved to the Smith home near Palmyra. When the time came for <clears throat> when the time came for Joseph Smith to obtain the plates, Father Knight traveled to the Smith home where the prophet used his wagon to remo- to retrieve the plates. Late that night, after Joseph Smith had returned from his mission, he said to Brother Knight, "It is ten times better than I expected." According to Father Knight, the prophet described the plates 
though he seemed to think more of the glasses or Urim and Thummim than he did of the plates. For says he, I can see anything. They are mar- they are marvelous. By early 1828, Joseph and Emma had moved to Emma's father's property about 30 miles from the Knights. Joseph Smith found it impossible to both earn a living and translate the plates. The Smiths asked Father Knight for help. Although the Knights were not in easy circumstances, Joseph Knight Sr. gave the young man some goods, some few things out of the store, a pair of shoes, and three dollars. A few days later, Father Knight visited the couple and gave them more money uh, and to buy some paper for the translation. Joseph Knight Jr. recalled that prior to Oliver Cowdery's arrival, Father and I often went to see him and carry him something to live upon. Mrs. Knight was not yet a believer, so in March 1828, her husband took her by sled to visit the Smiths. He wrote, Joseph talked with us about his translating and some revelations he had received, and from that time my wife began to believe. In early 1829, when Oliver Cowdery became Joseph Smith's scribe, the two visited Father Knight seeking provisions. Father Knight paid for and delivered a barrel of mackerel, about ten bushels of grain, and six of potatoes, a pound of tea, and some lined paper for writing. The two rejoiced at the food and paper, and then they went to work and had provisions enough to last till the translation was done. Years later, Joseph Smith praised Father Knight for these items. They enabled us to continue the work, which, when otherwise, we must have relinquished it for a season. Joseph Knight Sr. helped the the world receive the Book of Mormon sooner. If the prophet had had to work full-time to support his family, the translation might have taken years to complete. So, verse 1, A great and marvelous work is about to come forth among the children of men. Behold, I am God. Give heed to my word, which is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, to the dividing asunder of both joints and marrow. Therefore, give heed unto my word. Sounds similar to the previous section, doesn't it? Behold, the field is white, all ready to harvest. Therefore, whoso desireth to reap, let him thrust in his sickle with his might, and reap while the day lasts, that he may treasure up for his soul everlasting salvation in the kingdom of God. Yea, whosoever will thrust in his sickle and reap, the same is called of God. Therefore, if you will ask of me, you shall receive. If you will knock, it shall be opened unto you. Now, as you have asked, behold, I say unto you, keep my commandments and seek to bring forth and establish the cause of Zion. John A. Witso said, The question as to individual responsibility for the welfare of the church was asked in the early days of the members of the church. Several of the men who labored with the prophet Joseph Smith came to him in those early days and said, What shall we do? They might have said, What shall we do to be saved? The Lord in every instance gave an answer. We have a series of short revelations in the Doctrine and Covenants which are the answers to to that question. I find in every one a significant statement worded almost identically in all of these revelations to Hiram Smith, David Whitmer, Oliver Cowdery, and others of less fame in the church. Keep my commandments and seek to bring forth and establish the cause of Zion. That is our business, the business of the Latter-day Saints. We are here to build Zion to Almighty God for the blessing of all the world. In that aim, we are unique and different from all other peoples. We must respect that obligation and not be afraid of it. We cannot walk as other men or talk as other men or do as other men, for we have a different destiny, obligation, and responsibility placed upon us, and we must fit ourselves for that great destiny and obligation. Verse 7, Behold, I speak unto you, and also to all those who have desires to bring forth and establish this work. And no one can assist in this work except he shall be humble and full of love. 
Charity, which is love, covereth a multitude of sins. Joseph Smith said that. Having faith, hope, and charity, being temperate in all things, whatsoever shall be entrusted in his care, to his care. Joseph Knight was well-to-do. That is not important to the, in the work of the kingdom. It's humility and love that are required. Behold, I am the light and the life of the world that speak these words. Therefore, give heed with your might, and then you are called. These are the words of Christ. When we read the Doctrine and Covenants, we are hearing the words of Christ. Amen. I bear testimony that these things are true, and say this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time.